Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today on the show, Andrew Sanford returns to review two Bigfoot films with us and to talk all about his hunt for Sasquatch in the British Columbia wilderness on the CW television series. Mysteries decoded. And I have her peeing all over the place. You have Ashley peeing all I over the place. I have Ashley peeing all over the place. On purpose? Lots of, on purpose. Okay. Primates love that stuff. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. This is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Sprague. Welcome to a big episode of Somewhere in the Skies. That's right, we are taking a bit of a departure from UFOs this week to talk about Bigfoot. And I know there's probably some of you that may skip this episode for that very reason, but I can assure you this is a fun one that I really think you'll enjoy. My good friend and colleague Andrew Sanford joins me to debrief after his recent investigation of Bigfoot on the CW television series Mysteries Decoded. We then review two films I personally selected for us to watch, and that also included our hairy hominid friend. We review 2013's Willow Creek, directed by Bobcat Goldthwait and starring past guest Bryce Johnson, host of the Bigfoot Collectors Club podcast. Then we switch gears and review 2018's The Man Who Killed Hitler, and then The Bigfoot. If you haven't watched either of these films, I'd highly suggest checking them out, because this is a spoiler-heavy conversation, and you also might want to have a frame of reference for some of the stuff we're going to chat about. Either way, it's always a pleasure catching up with Andrew. If you haven't already, please check out his hilarious current events comedy podcast, Half White Son of a Black Man. This Halloween season, he and his guests are reviewing a ton of horror movies, so be sure to hop on over and check that out as well. But for now, grab your camping gear, head out to the woods with us, and let's get squatchy with Andrew Sanford. All right, welcome to a very special episode of Somewhere in the Skies. I'm not exactly sure what to title this one yet, Andrew, because we're going to be talking about a lot of different stuff. But uh, before we get to that, with me is Andrew Sanford. Hi, Ryan. Famed cryptozoologist. Yes, famed. If you if you go on Wikipedia um, and look up notable cryptozoologists, I have been put in there. By a friend of mine from high school. <laughs> Are, wait, wait, wait. Are you serious? I'm serious. If yeah, I go put, to... Uh, yeah, Lori Rich. Okay. Shout out to Lori if she's listening to this. She's awesome. I haven't seen her in a decade, almost. But, um, 
You can look up. There's a category notable cryptozoologist. Oh, and at least last time I checked, I was on there. Okay. And it says I'm credited it on right the CW now. as a cryptozoologist. So you know what, man? <laughs> if there's anybody that knows, it's the CW. Oh, man. I think that's what the C stands for. I think it does. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. I think if you tell... What, what is it for me? I think oh. it's... Please don't say ufologist. Oh, phew. Yeah. Okay, it says author. I'll, I'll take that. Nice, there you go. I'll take that. Well, the reason we're having you here today mm-hmm. is we're going to be talking all about Bigfoot in hey. many different facets. Yes. Um, we're going to be reviewing two films that I asked you to watch along with me, and that is Willow Creek mm-hmm. and also... What was it called? It, the Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. The Bigfoot, yes. not Bigfoot. It is one of the most literally named films <laughs> I have ever watched in my life. We'll get to it, because <laughs> yeah. I I think we might have varying thoughts on this. Yeah, one. yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, our thoughts might be a little bit the same with Willow sure, Creek, sure, but we'll sure, get sure. to that. Sure. We'll get to that. Um, but let's talk about your episode of yes. Mysteries Decoded. Yeah, so sure. How did it all happen how did you end up in the woods in canada i i was i was asked uh by the cw to take part in this and then it's as you'll see in the episode like you know then i like we they were basically doing something to look for bigfoot to have an episode about that of course to send somebody out to meet with this guy todd standing um to discuss that to go out with jennifer and then that's what we did so i gotta ask you in terms of like cryptozoology Mm -hmm. i know you and i talk supernatural all the time all the time it's one of the big things you and i have in common ryan we are going to go to an exorcism we're gonna go to an exorcism someday someday you know what gonna happen i wonder what because you were the one who told me that you could have dinner with Lorraine Warren. Yes, until she passed. Until she I passed? Was, that was, that was going to be my question. Oh, What's going on with that? That thing? was a big missed opportunity. I'm not sure if they offer that service anymore, but it was like you paid like 175 bucks. I'm right. sure there's a couple of your listeners that know about this very well, so if I'm messing any details, someone correct me. Um, but uh, it was like 175 bucks, and you would go... It was, it was like small groups. You'd probably, it looked like they would, it would get up to about like 10 people in size. <laughs> and you would go as part of this group with her and her son-in-law, who I believe they passed a lot of that business on to. Okay. And were doing so at the time as well. And you would have dinner and then get to tour the property. And I think see like the room, I the think infamous so. room yeah. um, where they keep all of the artifacts from their, from the different cases they investigated. Which is just wild. It's because I, we've talked about this before. There's, I am more often than not very skeptical about certain things. And to think that there are people, there were people that were not only Vatican sanctioned to perform exorcisms despite not being priests and kept the whole room of these like artifacts that they took very seriously. They had a friend who was a priest that would bless it once a week. Yeah. Like it yeah. was to make sure that nothing got out there. Like it's pretty remarkable to me the lengths to which people will go for things like that that I might not even wholly believe in the first when place. When they believe in it so yeah. strongly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, they weren't hurting anybody. There's there have been claim there were claims during their tenure that um uh, they were a little fame seeking, which might have been, um, which might have hurt certain people that were just like dealing with something that they thought was supernatural and were just looking for help. Mm-hmm. So that's not fun. Um, and there's also, um, 
Uh, the people that claim that things supernaturally got worse after the Lawrence got Warrens mm. got there. Um, I believe that the family uh, that the Conjuring was based on uh, claimed that after the Warrens left, the uh, instances and stuff got worse, so the ghosts got more angry. So oh, there's all no. kinds of weird aspects of that stuff, but I've always found them just, uh, just fascinating. Yeah, I I actually watched Annabelle. Uh, comes home okay. or whatever the last one. night. Yeah, 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 it was actually really good. I've enjoyed the Annabelle movies. Mm. I thought I was gonna hate them, but the the good thing about this new one is they really focus on the room. Cool. Like they go to each object and tell you kind of a little backstory behind it. Fun. And you're right. The fact that they had all these supposedly haunted or possessed objects in one place would terrify me. Yeah. Could you imagine? Uh, and this is a big part of the movie, what their daughter felt like oh, living man. in that house, knowing her parents literally were, like, exercising demons, yeah, and then man. bringing the shit into the home. It would have, ter- it would have like, psychologically traumatized me. Sure. I-, I do wonder, like, what she feels about all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, now you can't have dinner with Lorraine, unfortunately, unless it's, like, a seance, I would assume. <laughs> Not to make light of the situation. I'm sure they'd appreciate that joke. I would hope so. I think they had a good sense of humor. Yeah. Um, But there is a real, like, a real life now, Lorraine Warren and um, Ed Warren, that kind of do the same thing. Who? They're a supernatural paranormal couple. Really? Their names are Greg and Dana Newkirk. Okay. And they have a traveling haunted museum that they bring around the country. Huh. You know, they have a black mirror that you can scry with. They've got uh this crone statue that's possessed and interacts with other objects that they own. It's legit, man. Huh. Yeah. I, the look the, on your face. The traveling museum doesn't say legit. It, it doesn't exactly <laughs> scream legitimate. I understand that, but if you met You these can get you tonics there, too. <laughs> uh. Make your hair grow back. <laughs> If Greg and Dana are listening, I'm oh, so sorry. Yo, guys. listen, I that's not, and this is just from a uh, first impression, I would love to talk to somebody like that. Yeah, that, they've been that's, through some shit. Yeah, hey, listen, and it's especially if, it, now, do they go out trying to, like, investigate things, or are they trying to just show what they've dealt with already? They they definitely investigate. Cool. Now, now, his, Greg is... More the paranormal investigator of the group, and the mm-hmm. wife is actually um, a uh, a witch. She's an oh, actual witch. Okay. And um, they're actually working on this project now that I think you should check out. It's called Hellier. Okay. And this is a place in Kentucky where, uh, back in the 50s, these weird alien-like goblins had invaded a home. And, uh, you know, the these... Uh, there was like five or six of them. Five or six and alien they, goblins. Alien goblins in the woods. They like surrounded this home where these two families were having like a dinner together. And one of the guys literally went out with a rifle and started shooting at these things. Bullets bounced off of them. They were floating in midair. And then finally, you know, there was like a, a gunfight. They were just shooting at them. These things are dodging it, whatever. And then, um, the goblins were terrorizing this family and then they disappeared. Uh, this is a big, case back in the the 50s and now someone came to greg and dana and said that the goblins are back in modern day and that they're terrorizing this dude and they're now on um on the hunt to try to figure out if these goblins are real uh separate the fact from fiction 
And it's crazy, <gasps> man. They have a series called Hellier on YouTube. Two families witnessed this happen? Two families, How yeah. many people? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, maybe about four, five of them. All adults. No drinking was involved. Huh. Nothing. And we're talking like, you know, very rural area. So right. Like, they, these people didn't even have a bathroom. They had an outhouse, and that's how the first guy saw one of them. He wow. went out to use the rest, the, uh, the outhouse and saw one of the goblins. That's wild. It's pretty crazy. I, oh, man. So, yeah, yeah Greg was, and Dana are I now investigating to, that. I'll have to look that up then. That sounds crazy. It's, <laughs> it's insane. Um, but okay. So getting back to, um, mm. I guess Bigfoot. Yes. So you went on the hunt for Bigfoot with Jennifer Marshall, yes. our, our co-investigator. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Awesome. If you're listening. Jennifer's a badass. I call Jennifer a badass any chance that I can. Oh, absolutely. I mean, a Navy vet. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And private, a fish private investigator. Oh, like yeah. that's. I've seen some, not to get into too much of like reaction stuff, but I've seen some questioning out there of her private investigator credentials. She's absolutely a private investigator. 100%. She's absolutely, like, and what I love too is it's, it's literally a position where you have to get another private investigator to vouch for you <laughs> to become a private investigator. So, yes, she's a private investigator. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can do any help to set that nonsense to bed. <laughs> yeah. There is a very questionable uh, individual within the UFO community mm. who I'm going to be focusing on in upcoming episodes of the mm. show and in another project I can't mention yet. But this guy is so elusive and uh, so controversial that I actually hired Jennifer to look into it. Oh, see, that's I so cool. I guess it's not so much private investigating <laughs> anymore. I may have to cut this out. No, no, I'll text Jen. Out. Yep. <laughs> now he knows. She I would make the yep. worst witness yeah. <laughs> in witness protection. Of course. Of course. I won't give you his name. Oh. Anyways. Uh, but yes, we went out to Canada um, to stay with a man named Todd Standing, um, who claimed to have evidence of Bigfoot. And evidence. Yes. Evidence. Yeah. Yes. Evidence. Could you could you give us a little bit of that evidence? That um, let's see. He has crystal clear video. Crystal clear. Yeah. Of something that he claims to a couple things that he claims are Sasquatch. You see some heads. You see him uh, blinking at you. Um, he has some footprints out there. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of what ended up on the show. He had other stuff that was presented that did not end up um, okay. on the show, you go out there, you film for a long time, you have to cut some stuff. But um, it was a lot of showing uh, tree breaks yeah, that he yeah. sees out there. Um, a lot of stuff um, with uh, tree, like other tr- markings using trees, mm-hmm. like X's that are used uh, by apparent or allegedly used by Sasquatch, which was in one of the movies. Ah, yes, yes, about. that's right. Yes, that's yeah, right. Yes, yeah. and then um, there was. Um, Trying to think of what else. I think that was, that was, on there. That yeah. was pretty much what we cover in the episode, and then they basically we take that information that we collect out there and we bring it to some other experts. Right. What um, What was the name of the expert that um you guys talked to that had like the caster? The Jeff Meldrum. Caster casts. Yeah. Jeff Meldrum. Yeah. Who's a PhD. Jennifer spoke with him directly, and he um had been out there with Todd before. And then, uh, has some own, ev- his, some of his own stuff that he claims and mm-hmm. evidence that he has and studies that he's done and just kind of reflects on Todd's 
stuffed and Stuff. as a person. So right. that's in there. What was it like spending a night in the woods? Uh, no matter your beliefs on Bigfoot or not actually being out there, like I would assume even just being in such a remote area, sure. like there's actual wildlife out there that could kill you. Yeah, it, um, felt relatively peaceful like okay. it was yeah it was there was definitely like tensions were high because we're expecting something to you know who knows what could happen um uh, uh but it was you know it was a nice little cozy rv there was a babbling brook in the back it was it was a very ideal situation as far as having to stay out in the middle of the woods yeah. <laughs> so the thing that stuck out to me for any of you who watched um the entire first season of Mysteries Decoded, uh, it was a pretty serious show. Yeah. Like, there's a, you know, the, many of the co-hosts were pretty serious, including myself. Um, and then we get to this episode with you, <laughs> and I should have known that when I knew you were going out to investigate Bigfoot, that there would be some moments that clearly deserve some humor. I mean, look at this shit. Yeah. Area 51, the Bermuda Triangle, aliens, Mothman, Bigfoot. Like, you gotta laugh every now and again. Mm-hmm. These are grown adults going out looking for monsters and, and talking aliens. about peeing in the woods to attract things. <laughs> exactly. I I, I there's one moment that you'll see in the episode where um, Todd specifically talks about having his partner, um, his investigative partner out there, Ashley Vistra, I believe is her last name. If I'm pronouncing it wrong, I apologize. She was lovely. Um, very, very nice. And we were out there and he talks about how he had her peeing in the vicinity to ensure uh, that Bigfoot would come around because, uh, you know, apparently he loves that stuff. He loves pee. He loves pee. He's attracted to the urine, and especially if it's female. So then Jen brings up whether or not she's she was ovulating when she peed, and I just I I couldn't hold it. I I just looked directly at the camera because (laughs) I went from I've um, had some experience in the woods um, when I was younger, but I've also like. I'm not usually around people like this um, who believe stuff like this so strongly and are able to make leaps like that. Um, and I just, I, I was, I felt for a moment, I was like, oh, wow, like, here we are (laughs) (laughs) talking about peeing in the woods to attract Bigfoot. Like, it was, (laughs) it was definitely, you know, we weren't, we weren't in Kansas anymore at that, at that moment, or I wasn't in the comfort of my Washington Heights home. (laughs) Right, right. Big difference, I can assume. Although I'm sure there's some weirdos around here, too. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But they, they, they don't tell you when they're peeing. They just do it. They just do it. Yeah. It's, it's easier that. <laughs> good point. Uh, you make a really good point, though, Andrew. I mean, I, I try to keep in mind every day. I talk about UFOs every day in my life with somebody, whether right. it's on email, phone, Skype, whatever. And I try to remember that when I'm talking to people like my family, for instance, when they ask me, what's what's going on in, you know, the UFO world? And I'm like, well, I'm talking to, you know... John Burroughs again about the 1980 Rendlesham Forest incident, and you won't believe it. The binary code that was downloaded into his brain when he touched the UFO. It's real. We found the location. Like, it's stuff like this where I'm like, oh my god. Like, I, they know nothing about this sure. world, and I'm coming at them like, it's all real. It's mm-hmm. all been, like, documented, and this, this is, like, legitimate stuff yeah. so i th- try to keep that in mind every now and again and i think you're good about that too you're very conscious of that kind of stuff um 
you, what I've always appreciated and loved about you is that you come at it from such a human angle that it doesn't feel... You are able to talk about something that implies, or that has enormous implications as far as our place in the universe and things that are coming to investigate us and things that have come come to look into us and touch down on here, yada, yada, yada. Um, And yet you are able to discuss it in a very grounded manner. Which I think is difficult for some people. I think that's hard. And that's why, unfortunately, a lot of people don't get listened to. Because it's not an easy thing to not be like, I got visited by an alien! Like, it's, like, of course, if 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 that happened, you're going to be a little, um, uh, upset, but not, like, in that kind of, a, like, frantic about it. You're going to feel like you need to scream, maybe, or that you need, like, someone to listen to you, and you'll, you'd probably get frustrated if you're not getting listened to, and then you couple that with the fact that you had to deal with something that is completely unnatural. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, you know, you're able to keep a level head, and that's not easy, and I well, commend you for that. Thank um, you. It's, it's not always easy. I mean... Uh, there are days where I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Oh, sure. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But then there's that one person, you know, who you stare into their eyes and they tell you some of the most extraordinary things and you can't help but believe them. Yeah. It, it's tough. It's tough. But it, it keeps me going, you know, thinking that maybe we don't have all the answers and the world isn't exactly as we, we think it is. And I think that's exciting. Sure. You know? Maybe you, these experiences these people are having, they'll, we'll have an answer for them in 10 years and it'll become normal. Yeah. You know, when the, not even paranormal, but like pre-normal. Right. It becomes pre, it's pre-normal. And, um, that's exciting to me. So I'm glad you had that opportunity to get out there and sort of open your mind and, um, look at something that you probably never really would have really looked into in case you, unless you were like reviewing movies about Bigfoot. No, yeah, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, no, like I, I say on the show, like I heard something when I was younger that I never kind of like attributed to anything. And then the more I heard about certain things and not enough, apparently, because as you pointed out on Facebook, I was not aware of the Woodnuffs. Yeah. Um, uh, but it was, it was cool to just kind of like explore that kind of stuff and live in a world, um, uh, where, uh, you know, like, hey, yeah, could happen. So. I, I think it's brought you and I closer too. Big so time. now you've, you've stepped into my <laughs> shoes. Oh, oh boy. And you've seen the other side of, uh, yes. these what? weird, this weird world we live in. Yeah. Well, to the point where when I started watching Willow Creek, I was like, oh boy, I get this. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got it more than uh, mostly anyone out there could. I was like, oh man, good thing I didn't watch this before I went to shoot this show. Could you imagine? Oh god, that would have ruined me. (laughs) Well, that's, man, you did the transition for me. Love it. I got you, boo. We are going to be talking about two Bigfoot-oriented films this episode. Uh, The first being Willow Creek. Check one. My boyfriend's a big idiot. Check one. I said I would come on this trip to help you with your film, and it's your birthday, and we're going to have a great time, but I'm not about to say that I believe in Bigfoot. Well, then why are you here? I like being with you. I just don't want you to think I'm crazy. Pets and people go missing all the time. I'll go in there myself. You can just stay here in town if you want. You believe any nut job out there that says Sasquatch is real? 
Your friends will all think you're crazy, and you'll spend all of your days searching for something that you never find. I never felt this way about anyone. It's about 29 miles north of here. You come to the bottom of Bluff Creek. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. When you get in there, it's a steep canyon. There's a running creek. There's forest. It's thick. And you're going to feel how isolated they were. Callie, come here. The real truth of it is you're out in the middle of nowhere. How do we know we're going in the right direction? You don't want to be in the movie, and now you're Stanley fucking Kubrick. Turn off the camera. There's a lot of people uh, live back in these woods, and they just don't like other people in their business. Turn that fucking thing okay, off. Okay, let's go, Jim. See Bye. the buckshot on the sign? What is my sock doing in the tree? People didn't want us to come out here, so people are probably fucking with us. Yes. And this was from, let me pull this up, 2013. It was an independent found footage horror film written and directed by Bobcat. Goldthwait? Am I saying Gold that right? Yeah, Goldthwait. Yeah, yeah. Goldthwait. Um, okay, got it. <laughs> it stars Alexi Gilmore and good friend of the podcast, Bryce Johnson. He's a past Bryce? guest. Uh, and he also has a podcast called the Bigfoot Collectors Club, of nice. all things. So, That's awesome. we're going to hear from Bryce a little bit later in the episode about filming this movie. That's cool. But that does not mean he's going to get away scot free with this <laughs> review. Bryce, we love you to death, brother. Um, but let's talk about Willow Creek. Willow Creek, yeah. So, this is a found footage film that mm-hmm. literally brings us back to one of the first, like, Bigfoot sightings or uh footage or evidence found about Bigfoot, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's about these two going out to Bluff Creek. Um, this guy and his girlfriend who he is trying to start his own like he's trying to do like a little documentary, I yeah. think, slash YouTube show, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um two thousand thirteen when that was literally like everything like oh, what every huge. single person was trying to do. Yeah. Was trying to get their own thing on YouTube. Still trying to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Myself included. I'm terrible at it. Uh, but he so does that. They're going out there and they're going to Bluff Creek. Um, to which is where the Patterson, the infamous Patterson Gimlin um, tape was filmed, nineteen sixty seven. Yeah, and uh, that which really establishes Bigfoot as we know him as a society. Like the as far as the pop culture of Bigfoot is concerned, there's nothing. There's little that is bigger than the Patterson Gimlin film. Yeah. At least it was for a generation. I do. I will in in talking to people that I work with um, at the various day jobs that I have. That's not as much of a, that footage. Doesn't get as much of a. An instant click anymore. Oh. We're getting old. We're getting old. Things are starting to pass. Uh, tell yeah. me about it, man. I'm yeah. seeing more and more white hair in my beard Ooh, every day. I don't want to talk about that. I don't need to talk about the true horrors. They have know? such um, <laughs> But yeah, so it's, it, it was, I was interested, I was very interested to, um, find that out in getting ready for the episode and just in talking about this movie, um, with a couple other folks that it's, it is, it's, it's less of a hot button than you'd think for somebody that's like, 25 or younger. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, and then we're looking at 2013, so it was probably the people who would have gone to have seen this movie probably knew of it, or they know the famous, like, photo. Yes. You know, oh, big Sasquatch time. looking back at the yeah. camera. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about um, Bryce's character in this. He, he He's so passionate. So passionate. And what I love, too, is they threw in this element as well, and I would love to ask him about this at some point, but the most horrific thing to me in this horror movie um, is watching this this relationship 
between these two people <laughs> that like isn't a great relationship, but in very like subtle and real ways, where I was just like, oh, cringe. God. Oh. Oh. Like, okay. it's, I think we could say full spoilers for this movie. Oh, right? yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but there's an engagement scene that doesn't go very well, and I was like, I was. I was just gripping my knees and cringing. So I think that was the most suspenseful, <laughs> suspenseful part of the movie was the engagement, the proposal. Oh God, uh, we will get to that. Um, let's talk about so kind of the we cannot go any further without acknowledging how closely this movie resembles the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, and I, I honestly think it even comes up a little bit more uh, later because what's interesting is it it it's. It's Blair Witch, if you took the first five minutes of Blair Witch and made it most of the movie. Yeah. And then took the most of the Blair Witch and made it, like, the last 20 minutes yeah. of the film. <laughs> and reverse. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, because once they get into, like, it was, they're interviewing these townspeople. One thing of note that I think is really interesting and cool is that they talk to, it's, like, all real people that they talk to. And they were under the impression this was a natural documentary. Yep, yeah. It's, I had no idea. They they were so convincing, but mm. also I was like, wow, these are really good actors. I yeah. wonder where they found them. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so is it, they're all all real people except for the one gentleman who has the only like threatening story. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. about the his dog getting killed by something, and he's really selling it. But that dude's been on Deadwood. Like it's um, he's, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That was like when um, I eventually learned that like the lead girl in Blair Witch who was missing, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, that she was in um, a miniseries I'd watched called Taken about yeah. alien abduction. <laughs> like, oh man, she's got a uh, you know <laughs> a routine going on here. So awesome. She's missing in many different places. <laughs> um, yeah, well, yeah. So let's talk about that. The the people that they interview mm. um, are Bryce is out there. I should say his character name He's Jim. Jimmy. Jim. 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 Um, Jim, 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 perhaps. Yep, the, I'm not going to find it. Um, how you're on the Wikipedia page. I know. How oh, Jim, scroll Jim. slightly more. <laughs> <laughs> My fingers are too fat. I can't scroll. Jim. Uh. Sorry, Bryce. Good old Jim. Jim's out there making this, um, Bigfoot oriented documentary mm-hmm. interviewing the locals and they actually talked to like the visitor center. Yeah. The head of the visitor center. Yep. She cracked me up. Oh my god, she was great. Like it doesn't get more real than that. No. What what can you tell us about Bigfoot? She's just like <laughs> it's not real. Not real. Oh my god. <laughs> don't, so don't. Great. That yeah. was my biggest fear in doing Mysteries Decoded was mm-hmm. we were gonna go out and like talk to people and be like, Alright, so what's going on at Area fifty one? Nothing. <laughs> it's like the worst improv partner sure. you could possibly. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, yeah, and we at the very least you want somebody who's like it's not real, and this is why. Yeah. Like we had a couple of people on Mysteries Decoded. Um, uh, one Kenneth J. Hall, I uh, was one who's been a uh, special effects guy, um, and wrote pu- the first Puppet Master. Really? He doesn't love taking it. When I talk to him about that, he's like, ah, you know, he's like, they, I made, and he said something along the lines of like, I made a, I wrote a movie about killer puppets and then they did something like that. Mm. And I, he, he uses a pseudonym, but you can still find it. He's credited on there. Did he, um, did, he, did I see one of the stranger masks in his He office? designed, he helped make the masks for the strangers. Cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a few things that they had to kind of blur. Um, but, and he said they had those designs kind of already going. Mm. Um, but he, um, yeah, he, 
uh, made those masks. If you remember the movie Sex Drive, where the poster was like this kid standing in this like Mexican donut costume. Um, it was like this sex fuck? comedy from like 2009. He made that donut costume. <laughs> okay. Um, and he also. I know what I'm watching tonight. They, they don't really show you in the episode, but, um, is there, you'll see that I'm holding this like white Yeti costume. Mm-hmm. And it's because he did a Sean White commercial. There was a Sean White commercial where Sean White like interacts with a Yeti, like a giant Yeti, and Kenneth made that costume. So okay. that's kind of why we're one of the reasons we were talking to him. Um, and he had some pretty uh, brutal, ooh, honest opinions ooh, on ooh. the videos yes, you guys yeah, looked yeah, at yeah, here. Yeah. So we won't give away. No, we won't give that away. Check it out things. for yourself. Yeah, CWC.com. Yes, and you know what? It's yeah, we. I, uh, it, I, I, I just love telling people, like, why, Jen and I are two sides of the coin, and you just watch it and you figure it out for yourself. Absolutely. Ooh, that was, that was smooth. I almost threw a cap on myself. <laughs> We're fine. We're fine. Um, so, another thing I want to touch on is the Bigfoot Burgers. Oh, my God. Creek. So, they go to this restaurant uh, in the town of Bluff Creek, I think. Yeah, Bluff, Bluff Creek. Creek. And, of course, just like any sort of area that attracts tourists for, like, these mythological stories or folklore, you know, Area 51, we've got the little alley in mm-hmm. where you can go get um, the alien burger. I had it myself. It was delicious. So if any of you are in Rachel, Nevada, hit up the alien. That's amazing. Um, but here in Bluff Creek, they have the Bigfoot burger. Yeah. Holy shit, man. I want those buns. Those I buns. those buns. Give me those two. Bigfoot buns. <laughs> Just two big old feet. For the burger. Um, How did they make those? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I guess like when you're when you're like, listen, this is, and that's what's funny about that too is that's not even that's where the tape was filmed, but the foot that we know, yeah, like the big foot that we know from that foot that was found in the fifties, right. that imprint, and in a completely different place in like Texas, right? I think. right. So um, I always thought that was I thought that was kind of funny. It's like wow, certain things just kind of get like you know crossed over and they carried do. over. They blend stories start to blend together, and until you really like look at all these old books, the internet. I say I always tell people is tough when it comes to researching these stories because, like you said, it becomes an amalgamation. Like the date to a different case gets molded into this, sure. a description gets molded into this. If you really want to look into things uh the right way, I always tell people go to the library. I know it sounds stupid to a lot of the younger people, but like you got to do it cuz yeah. that's where you're going to get the true honest stuff out there. Get all up in that microfiche. Get up in there. Do they still do microfiche? Yeah, Have so, they replaced it? Um, no, it's still around. Oh, I remember when I was investigating the Roswell incident, mm-hmm. we went to the Roswell Daily Record in Roswell, and they pulled up the microfiche, cool. and we found a story that no one had ever read or heard about, about UFO sightings happening the same day as the Roswell UFO crash. Really? Nobody knew about this. And they happened, one of the people who worked at the newspaper happened to remember seeing another headline in the paper that day. Ooh. So the only place you could find this was on this old microfiche. Wow. And she was so excited to show us <laughs> that she ripped the microfiche in half. Oh, no! I felt so bad for this poor woman. Of course, it didn't make it into the episode. But she was like... <laughs> She was such a sweetheart. Um, she, she was so nervous to be on camera. Uh-huh. Um, but I will say, like, leaving Roswell, what she showed me was probably one of the most groundbreaking things I'd ever seen. 
in terms of like witness testimony during the Roswell incident. But cool. we're getting way off. Yeah, 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 yeah. I apologize. Sorry. Yes, Willow Creek. Willow Creek. <laughs> Willow Creek. Um, so when they're in that restaurant, there's something that comes later in the film, but yes. it's alluded to here is this missing persons thing. Right. And uh, it ends up being kind of important, I guess. But also know? kind of like... What's interesting in this uh, about this movie is they do try to what I what's interesting and what I appreciated is that they don't try to manufacture too much stuff. Um, Blair Witch is like it's very much told more of a narrative. Like you can look at it narratively. You can uh, there are things planted that pay off later. There's like they they espouse exposition at you for the first like five minutes so you will pick up on that on things that happen later because there are real interviews in this one they had to then add in an interview with that guy with the actor to give any kind of to add some kind of tension from threat. the bigfoot yeah, yeah. A threat um and I, th- I you have this missing poster and because there hasn't been any of that threat really established yet, it kind of, when I first watched it, I'll be honest, it went right over my yeah, head. Yeah, me too. I, I, I didn't even, and when the, like, when it comes back into play later, I was like, wait, what? And then I had to <laughs> rewind, and I was like, oh yeah, like, yeah. I pulled up the Wikipedia page, I was like, did I miss something? Yeah. Um, I want to get to the writing a little bit later. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, I don't know if there was If there any, was any. Which is fine, and again, like... There is there is something to really commend about like shooting something in five days. Five days. Yeah, it, I believe it's five days. It could have yeah. been more. It could have been less. To be honest with you, um, five, for five but days, I it's, it's pretty five freaking days. good. It's real good. It's real good. And to get a, a narrative story out of that, and to manage to really tap into some tension in other places, like uh, like with the relationship with this guy who's out there, who I guess may have been growing weed or may not have been growing oh, weed. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. left up in the air. With that ukulele guy, I don't yeah. know if he was a real person or if that was just somebody who came and gave them a hard time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's that element there to where I almost wish that the movie didn't end the way that it did. Yeah. Um, if they could have ended it with, like, maybe them finding nothing and separating or something like that, yeah. that I would have been, there would have been, I don't want to say more interesting because it really, that really comes down to taste. Uh, but I, I feel like because it, it becomes a horror movie in the last like 25 minutes, yeah. you're kind of like thrown in. You're like, Oh, okay. That's okay. the ride that we're this going on we're now. Going. Yeah. Th- I, I think there were some missed opportunities mm-hmm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do have to wonder how much was planned, how much wasn't, right. what did they work around. Um, but sort of getting to the, um, the, the crux of the film when they get lost, mm-hmm. they eventually get lost in the woods. Uh, Jim has found some possible evidence. He finds now help some me out fur. Here. Help me out here. Yeah. Cause this is a question I had and I feel like if there's any podcast that I could be on and possibly get an answer, it's this one. Okay. Does um, a have you also heard? There's something I brought up on my. Whether we do like I I covered this episode or this show or this movie on my podcast recently. Half White Summer Black Man. We're doing Shocktober right now. Um, 
And one thing that I couldn't get an answer for there is, A, I think that there are people out there that say that Bigfoot passes through dimensions. I feel like I remember reading that somewhere. That's been theorized. And that's why he's never been, why a Bigfoot has never been found, why they're so elusive is because they literally don't live on our plane. Yeah. They just visit sometimes. The other, the thing that I had a question about for this one is they seem to, at a certain point, after they, I guess, have been marked by this book, Bigfoot, that decides not to kill them, it just lets them go, and then decides to do that later instead. <laughs> um, they get lost in a very Blair Witch kind of way, where they are, like, are walking around in circles. And they see the same, like, tree yeah, or and something. and it's the tree that he found the hair on. It's straight out of Blair Witch. Yeah. So, yeah, so I guess the implication there is, like, that the Bigfoot is messing with them in some way, but mm. I didn't know. Is that anything that is in, like, Bigfoot myth? I mean, from the stuff I've heard, again, I am no expert on Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. I'll leave that to you. Um, the things that I've read are usually about people getting abducted at most. Like, yeah. they'll get brought back to a Bigfoot, like, conclave, right. a group of people, and then narrowly escape. Right. Um, or people, like, one of my favorites is, like, uh, there were people that claimed to, like, essentially in a rock fight with a bunch of Bigfoots in, like, yeah, 1947. Totally. Yep. Like, all this kind of crazy stuff, but nothing in there that I saw was just like, ooh, I dealt with a Bigfoot, and then I ended up, like, lost in the same patch of woods. For me, I I, I think it's a, it's open to a lot of interpretation uh-huh. according to the evidence found. But, like, you guys in your episode of Mysteries Decoded found this. There have been a lot of other people I've spoken to who try to track Bigfoots um, that they communicate with you. Right. And they're really intelligent. Sure. And you got to think, if these things are sort of like this missing link between human and... And, you know, hominid or whatnot, that they could be vastly intelligent. Right. Why, how are they so elusive? How have we never found them before or found like a dead body? And maybe they do have these instinctual ways of like messing with the human mind, being like, all right, I'm, I'll play along with they, they think I'm so dumb that I got to put a cross of sticks in the ground to communicate. When in reality, they'd be like, I'm going to lead them on a wild goose chase. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think when it comes to this movie, it, it was just, it was a device to start to really heighten the tension. Yes. Because like we mentioned, most of this movie is just interviews with people and then a relationship sort of deteriorating. And then an 18 minute shot. Yeah. Let's talk about that. 18 minute shot of them sitting in their tent waiting for something to happen. I will yeah. say, I was, I was pretty, I, I got pretty tense during that scene. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. So, I, I have to admit to everyone out there, I'm almost completely deaf in my right ear. I don't think I've ever told anyone that. Mm. Um, so I'm very hard of hearing, mm. and it's really affected the way I, I take in multimedia at times. Right. So, when I was watching this, I was watching it on my computer, um, on, you know, so my volume wasn't that good. Mm. So I'm watching the scene, I'm like, Nothing's happening. This is so boring. I'm like, wait a minute. There's got, like, Bobcat's smarter than this. Uh-huh. And I think the actors are, you know, better than this. So I put my stereo headphones on. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started realizing, like, it's all about sound at yes. that point. Yes. You're hearing, like, things coming close. Things coming. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, Which apparently was just Bobcat was in the woods. doing Bigfoot yeah, yups, yeah. right? Yep, yep. They were pretty scary. They I were mean, pretty good. I gotta say, yeah, they yeah. were like, that was, and it's, I, there was, it was that moment where I was like, hey, you know what? Like, I bet in doing that scene, they were just like, you, we, we fucking nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think it's, it's, it's an interesting enough idea and, and it's, <laughs> it's something where I think you got to maybe catch people in the right mood, but it was something that I found effective. Yeah. And I was just like, hey, you know what? Like, that was a cool, I was like, if I just get that out of this movie, that's pretty cool. It was, like you said, no cuts, no cutaways, nothing. 18 minutes of these two actors in a tent, uh, experiencing like... Post-terrible proposal. (laughs) Post-terrible proposal. So, you know, their, their trust in one another... Uh, may not be at its peak right. at this moment. Um, maybe Jim's gonna hightail it out of there and leave her there, <laughs> or vice versa. But um, I think it was really interesting because, yeah, if you really listen, there's these small things where I put myself in their shoes, and I would have been fucking terrified. Sure, because you don't want to open the tent and see no. what's out there. No. Like it's almost better to not know. Right, and we don't know as an audience. Is it just gonna like lift the tent up and throw them? Is it gonna reach in, take them? Like, like you said, the suspense really grew and I thought they did a really good job with that moment. Yes. Um, and then things sort yeah, of. Then it becomes. Straight it, up horror. Yeah. And I, the, I will say one of the things too I thought was kind of tough is it was, it, re- it relied on fill in, fill in the blank kind of things for, and you know what? You could also say, like, hey, this could have been, like, a Bigfoot movie made for Bigfoot people. Like, yeah. Um, which is fine. Which, like, you go after that target audience, so then you don't have to explain something. They're going to fill in the yeah, gaps they're themselves. they're just like, hey, listen, yeah, they're going to say, I saw something out there. We get down to the end where the two are basically, like, well, one is getting, poor, poor, poor Bryce gets ripped in half. Yeah. It's implied. And then we see this, like, naked woman who's on the wadded poster. Yeah. And the implication, or, or I saw something online of people implying that she was now a Bigfoot bride? That crossed my mind. Or she was like a slave, (laughs) like a Frankenstein's bride almost situation. I don't know. I, because, unfortunately, because I just didn't register the wanted poster thing at the beginning, or the um, the missing poster at the beginning, I was just kind of like, what was that? (laughs) Why? Why are we seeing this naked woman in the middle of the woods? Yeah, if you missed that that missing poster, if you missed that missing poster, got it. Um, 
then you wouldn't understand why she was out there. And we still don't understand why. Was she kidnapped by Bigfoot? Did she, did she go crazy and she's the one doing all this weird right. shit in the woods to them? Yeah. Um, is it the, the weed growing guy fucking with them? Yeah. It could have been anyone mm. at that point, which would have been something really interesting to play with if we find out towards the end that it wasn't a Bigfoot. It was someone else with different motives. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. Know. Or at least a little bit more gray areas in that yeah. sense. Yeah. I, it was, it, it, the it, end it, is as black as it comes in terms of black and white. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much just like, yeah, no, it was Bigfoot. It was several big feet and they, yeah. and they, and they, <laughs> One got ripped apart and the other one's still still out there screaming, but there's no like it is very clear that something Bigfoot related happened. I think so. Um yeah. which Yeah, let's talk about the final scene a little bit sure. before we move on sure, sure, to sure. our next movie. Um so yeah, the little I'd say the last what, two, three minutes, maybe not even of the film, is where you get the biggest right. reveal that this is definitely some creature they're still um, lost in the woods. They're terrified. They're terrified. They're like cowering and stuff. Um, I, I, I want to go back for one second. Mm-hmm. The cuts in this movie really threw me off. Okay. Um, the edits were weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, it really, it was jolting. And sure. there were times I didn't know when things were taking place. Uh, why we all of a sudden cut to someone like at a certain point. I don't know. It was a, it was messy, mm. and I guess that's what a found footage film should yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. I will say they they very much they really 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 went out of their way to make this not seem like a movie. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I don't mean that to sound shitty. I mean it in the sense of like you know, there's no opening credits. There's no like you, they, it says like Willow Creek, but that's about it. Then they toss you right in, and it's not like a, oh, let's meet these guys. It's him like. Testing out the sound of the camera. Um, whenever the camera gets cut back on, it's so they can, like, so he can keep his show going, like, or film new stuff for his show. So if he's not filming, you know, there could have been whole swaths of things that we missed. Right. Um, right, uh, right. Going on in their, in their moment to moment or day to day or what have you. Stuff yeah. That also may not have been important. Yeah. Um, but it does, because of that, it does kind of like jump around a bit. And there's always that, and this is a problem with any found footage movie, always tough to give a reason as to why this person doesn't drop or the turn camera. off the camera. And in the last couple moments, minutes for this one, I was like, oh, you don't need to be recording this right now. <laughs> you're free, you're yeah. fearing for your lives. Right. Um, you have been lost in the woods for almost 36 hours. Like, I should record this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's either, it's either Area 51 or Abduction. It's a, it's a alien found footage film where it was one of the coolest sort of found footage um, endings I've seen where, like, you literally see the cameras, like, going up into the craft uh-huh. with the person, and then the camera drops and just, like, drops and drops and drops to the that. ground. I think I saw that. It was shot. pretty cool. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I forget but yeah. I that movie. I'm like, the, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Though. Yeah, I forget which one it was. But, yeah, this sort of has the same ending where the camera gets dragged and dragged, yeah. and we don't know, like... Which is apparently uh, in the trailer, which I thought was kind of hilarious. I, I, give away I, the I, ending I, in your trailer. <laughs> Number one, no to well, any that's film. probably like whoever, it. whatever bullshit distributor they had to go yeah. through. was just like, no, we gotta give something. Yeah. We gotta give, you know, we gotta put something in the trailer that makes people want to see the movie. <laughs> and Bobcat's like, fine. Alright, just All put right. it in. I don't care. I already showed it to the people I want to see it anyway. It's so weird. It's so it's weird. A business. So it it I get, really I is. Get, <laughs> 
as far as getting this movie out there, I'm sure they had to go through some real fucking hurdles. I'm um, sure. To get to Even it. with someone like Bobcat, Bobcat attached, I'm sure it's not easy. And, you know, this is a labor of love, clearly. Yes. Um, big time. The movie is, it's pretty popular. But it's got like an 85 on Rotten Tomatoes or some shit, yeah. right? So fuck us. Yeah. Fuck me. Like, I know, exactly. Like, we can criticize it all we want. Yeah, 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 yeah. This was a success. Yes. Exactly. And you say Willow Creek and everyone knows what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Except for me, I downloaded Wolf Creek on accident. <laughs> Like, this is not a fun footage. I believe is an Australian about an Australian like serial killer. Right? Yeah, I hear those movies are actually pretty brutal. I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure. Um, they are. But um, that's funny. Oh, but yeah, funny. so this was a labor of love. Bobcat has a huge interest in Bigfoot. Yeah, and he de- he wanted to make this film. Yeah, and I I, th- I give him all the credit for it. He really did his research. He went to the actual area and filmed this thing. So right. I'm sure it was a dream come true for him and. I mean, you look at what spawned from it in terms of the main actor, Bryce. He started his own Bigfoot podcast after this. So, I mean, if there's anything to be said, like, Bigfoot lives on. And, yo, real quick shout out to Bryce because I played a video game in high school called Justice League Heroes, which unfortunately was not a very good game. Because there was this whole thing, they do dungeon crawl games at the time, and Marvel had done like two X-Men games, and it was about to re- release the first Ultimate Alliance, the third of which came out this year. You basically get to play four Marvel characters, go through the Marvel Universe, do all this cool shit. DC was like, here's our answer to that, Justice League Heroes, but you get to play two at a time, you don't really get to pick which heroes you get to use except for certain levels, and the mechanics were kind of black. However, Bryce voiced motherfucking Aquaman in that game, yep. at least from what I've seen, Unless his IMDb is not to be believed, and I think that's fucking rad. Yeah. So shout out, man. That's yeah. awesome. And he's crossed universes. He played Doctor Strange too. I don't see, know if you knew that. See, that's awesome. Yep. That is dope as it gets. It really is. Hell and yeah, man. You could tell his character in this movie was definitely somewhat based on himself in his just. Oh yeah, his, just like a heightened version. I'm a sure. heightened yes. version. Yeah, yeah, his yeah. curiosity to both Bigfoot and the mysteries in the world. Uh, Top mine, yeah, tenfold. I mean, yeah. the guy knows everything there you need to know about the occult, the paranormal, the supernatural. Cool. Cool. Um, Ooh, yeah, to talk about some of that. Stuff. Oh, absolutely. Ooh. We will make it happen Ooh, um, when Andrew gets to be more of a skeptic. He has a little bit more fun. <laughs> um, but we I don't want know why you guys. A third person. I, Jesus Christ! <laughs> he's at that point, guys. <laughs> Celebrity Barf. has gotten to Andrew. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, but right now you know we could talk about willow creek all we want but Mm. we want you guys to hear directly from jim in willow creek and that is bryce johnson so bryce tell us a little about your experiences on willow creek hey this is bryce johnson from bigfoot collectors club i played jim in the 2013 release of willow creek written and directed by bobcat goldthwaite um, what's up, Ryan? How are you, man? And, uh, and Andrew as well. I haven't met you, but, uh, I understand you guys are going to be watching Willow Creek and checking it out. I'm really excited for you guys to see it. You know, 20 years in this business and it's one of those pieces that I'm, I'm really proud of. So yeah, well, let's take the time to, uh, answer a couple questions that you sent my way. Bryce, how did the opportunity come about for Willow Creek? Uh, that's a great question. So, I was I had done a movie with Bobcat before called Sleeping Dogs Lie and uh <laughs> and if you haven't seen that one I recommend checking that out as well. Um it's a dog blowjob movie. No, it's much more than that. Um 
Anyway, but uh, that's where I established my my friendship with Bobcat, and uh, and you know we've worked together now on uh, four or five different projects. So you know it was really after that project where he called me out of the blue. I think I was up in Vancouver, and uh, and he had mentioned, hey, you know, this is my Bobcat voice. I'll do it. Hey, Bryce, um, I'm thinking about doing a, a a found footage Bigfoot movie. Would you be interested? And I was like, dude, you have no idea. I, basically, I was like, fuck yeah, man. I mean, um, I had been a Bigfoot fan uh, since as long as I could remember, really. So it felt like the perfect... Um, it felt like the perfect opportunity, and I was just like, man, you have no idea. This is absolutely... I would love to do a role like this. Um, and that was it. It was just a simple call, and, and I was on board from the get-go. Bryce, did you know much about... I guess I don't have to say my name before every question. Did you know much about Bigfoot before doing the film? Yeah, you know, in a sense, I sort of did. I had uh, I had always been interested in Bigfoot since, I believe, the first time I kind of checked out a book about Bigfoot in the school library and then after seeing that episode of In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy where they go over the 1967 Patterson-Gimlin footage, I got to tell you, I honestly thought that for the first time I was really looking into the eyes of one of these creatures and it was just a gut feeling that um, that this wasn't a man in, the, in a costume and... Uh, and I think they did a great scientific breakdown of just how tall this creature was and how heavy. And from there, I just started doing some more research. And when what I found through doing research about this was it just kept getting more believable for me. Um, you know, hearing Bob Gimlin's account and uh, and the trackways that they were able to cast out of Bluff Creek and how long the lore had gone back for hundreds, if not, uh, you know, thousands of years through the Native American culture. So there was just so much evidence, I thought, uh, to support the idea that these creatures actually do exist. And, uh, and they were roaming around in the Pacific Northwest. What was it like working with Bobcat on a found footage film? And were there any really memorable or scary moments that stick out while filming? Yes, First of all, it was incredible to work with with Bobcat on this project. I think when I originally got the script, it was something only like 12 pages long. And it was really just a lot of general ideas. Um, he knew there would be a lot of like, you know, sort of improv and talking, um, which I was so happy to bring to the film. So as soon as I got the role, I just dove right into the research and uh, and tried to learn and relearn as much as I could about the the legend of Bigfoot, especially the Patterson-Gimlin film footage, um, which is what Jim is trying to retrace in the film Willow Creek. So it really felt like a completely collaborative process. And, and my co-star, Alexi Gilmore, you know, I think she is just, can I just say, one of the best actresses and just so incredible to work with. Um, I think one of the reasons that Bobcat chose us is because he knew this was going to be a relatively short film schedule and it was going to be done without no frills. I mean, you know, we were going to be staying in a cabin together. It was going to be, you know, there wasn't any trailers. There wasn't any uh, hair and makeup. It was a really uh, feet on the ground type of filming process. And I'd been, you know, I'm I'm not... Uh, 
you know, I don't need to be pampered or anything like that. And neither does Alexi. And so we just, we just dove right in and, you know, we're so excited to be able to work together. I guess what I'm saying is that we were not prima donnas, you know? So he's like, yeah, these two, (laughs) these two actors and actresses will work together and they'll work on this project. Was there any really scary moments that stuck out while filming? Absolutely. There was for me. I mean, I've got to tell you, we were absolutely in Willow Creek and the Bluff Creek area where the original Patterson Gimlin footage was shot. So we are in the epicenter of Bigfoot country and we're driving along these small logging roads. And I remember Bobcat wanted to get this shot. You'll see it in the film where Alexi and I finally park our car and we head out, you know, on our quest to find this film site. And I remember it took a, it was pretty harrowing getting down that that small logging road and I, I didn't know how our car was going to get back up it and then as soon as we sort of step out and we're recording this thing I just felt like I felt like I was being watched and not by Bobcat or Alexi because we were the only ones there but something in the woods I felt like all of nature had just shut off the the, the sounds of the birds and everything just got really quiet and I felt this tremendous sense and presence that I was being watched. And uh, <laughs> and I was a little spooked by it because I, I wasn't expecting that. And I remember sort of like, you know, rushing Bobcat out of there. I was like, all right, we got it. We got it. Let, let's get out of here, man. I don't feel good about this. And uh, he was sort of he was sort of laughing it off. You know, Bobcat has no fear. Um, I remember... He was looking for a cave to sort of shoot the, one of the finale scenes. We never ended up finding it, but our cinematographer, Evan, um, and him were like, oh, you know, always sort of, if we weren't shooting, they were scouting for this cave location. And I remember Bobcat came running down a mountain with Evan and Evan looked just completely scared. <laughs> and, uh, and Bobcat's like, it kind of excited. He's like, I, I think we might have found a cave. And Evan's like, no, we found uh, a mountain lion. <laughs> and Bobcat was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we came across what looked like a mountain lion. He went left, but don't worry. I think we'll just go right. And I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> you know, I wasn't about to, to go charge a mountain lion. But it was so memorable filming this in that special location. Where do you stand on the entire Bigfoot legend? And has it changed at all throughout the years? You know, like I said earlier, I've always been fascinated by the unknown, the mysterious, and the unexplained. Um, I get fair, I get very frustrated when people just relegate it uh, to a reductionist point of view that that stuff can't exist, it doesn't exist, you know, all the known world is mapped out, and all these mysterious things are just hallucinations or hoaxes or illusory. And I always felt that was such a a banal, mundane type of excuse for not looking into the phenomena. And uh, and I included Bigfoot in that. I felt that there was something absolutely real uh, to not only these anecdotal evidence that we hear from so much from eyewitness accounts and um, Native American lore, but from the from the evidence package left behind, including, you know, these these heavy footed imprints that are left in the sand. Um you know, the film and the video, I know it's a lot of blurry stuff. And uh, that's why that Patterson Gimlin film is just the the holy grail, I believe, of of Bigfoot footage, because it's in the middle of the day, it's out on this open sandbar, and it's walking away. And as she looks back, 
It's so incredible. You get to see the face of what is now known as Patty. Uh, they ended up calling this creature Patty after uh, Robert Pattinson's wife, Patricia. Um, they thought she was a female, female because unbeknownst to them and what came as somewhat of a surprise is as she's walking away, you can see these large pendulous breasts. And that always... Um, <laughs> I know that's always funny to say, but you know, that always lent more credibility to the film to me because here I thought if somebody went through all this trouble to make, um, a costume like that, they, they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't think about something like that. You know, uh, that was just one of the reasons I, I felt amongst many others that this was a real creature. How did Bigfoot Collectors Club come about? And do you think we will ever know the truth about what Bigfoot is? Bigfoot Collectors Club came about. Um, I was working with Michael McMillan, uh, my co-host, on a on a TV show called Major Crimes, and we were both guest starring. and uh, And he had just seen Willow Creek, actually, and he was like, "Dude, I loved that movie. It was so great." And I was just like, "Thank you, man." and And he was like, "Do you believe in that stuff?" And I was like, oh, "Dude," I was like, "You have no idea." And that was it. A friendship was born in the paranormal. And we started talking about ghosts, aliens, UFOs, and all that stuff. Because, you know, in my life, there's really not a lot of people I get to talk to this stuff about, you know. So it it stays somewhat in the closet, uh, so to speak. Because, you know, um, my family's not too much into it. A lot of my friends don't really have too much time for it. So when I had met Michael... Um, we got to explore all these theories and, and, and talk passionately about, about cryptozoology, uh, ufology, anything and everything outside of the box of the norm. And, and so that was completely exciting. And, and one day he was just like, dude, we should do a paranormal podcast. And that was it. I was just like, it is on. And uh, we actually started about two years ago today or not today but uh, right around this time in in October uh, and Halloween and a couple months later that famous New York Times article broke uh by Leslie Keen uh Helene Cooper and Ralph Blumenthal uh UFOs glowing orbs the black budget and the uh, the Pentagon's I forget the title but it was it was that New York Times article that just um was a watershed moment for ufology and not just ufology but um but the unknown as well, because it just came flooding back into the zeitgeist. People were like, oh, wow, you know, this is getting some really mainstream press. These are incredible uh, videos that were released. I'm speaking about the the, the Tic Tac, the Gimbal, and the GoFast videos uh, released by Tom DeLonge's company to the Academy of the Stars. Ryan, we've talked about that. Don't get me all started. But uh, but anyway, the ball was moving forward on this, on this incredible topic, and... Uh, and so it was such a lush time to be talking about these incredible mysteries of the universe. And yeah, and so Bigfoot Collectors Club was born. Do I think we will ever know the truth about what Bigfoot is? I don't know. I absolutely don't know. You know, I know scientists always say, and I think it was, you know, Grover Krantz, the legendary anthropologist who said it, you know, it won't be until um, science gets a body on the lab table that we will be able to determine once and all, once and for all, what Bigfoot is, and um, and 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 prove it's conclusive that that it does exist. I don't know if that's the case. As as I get more and more into the paranormal and looking into all these topics of high strangeness, I often feel um, that 
this phenomenon, I'll call it, is is always one step ahead of us. It's precognizant and it's elusive. And um, and I do fit into that term, umbrella term, phenomena, uh, the legend and lore of Bigfoot. I really do. And, uh, and I also fit UFOs in there, aliens, ghosts, and uh, poltergeist activity, uh, fairies, gnomes, you name it. Whatever this thing seems to be, it seems to filter itself through our, our consciousness and through our cultural filters, uh, changing and adapting its form as, as a cosmic trickster. So um, I'm very much into the work of Jacques Vallée, Jean Keel, um, and guys like this who have really just sort of uh, tried to put the pieces of the puzzle together without just cherry-picking data. Um, you know, Ryan, I, I'm sure you know this, these these fields of high strangeness can be so insular and um, separated inside their own box, you know. Um, the UFO guys don't want to talk to the Bigfoot guys. The Bigfoot guys don't want to talk to the alien people and, you know, on and on it goes. But um, So I don't know if we will ever get to the bottom of Bigfoot. I can tell you this, as I'm sure my listeners of Bigfoot Collectors Club know, I am working on a secret project that does have something to do with Bigfoot and I'll just say this, uh, it will blow your mind. And uh, it's coming out very soon, hopefully in November, on a, on a certain channel that I, that I don't know if I'm allowed to mention yet. But I will be sure to give you guys uh, not an exclusive, because I'm going to do that on my own podcast. But, but at the same time, I will send you guys a, uh, a personal explanation and, and, and give an opportunity for, for uh, uh, questions to be answered, because you guys are going to have a lot of them. That being said, I want you to enjoy Willow Creek. It was absolutely a passion project. And funny enough, I'm heading to the uh, Frida Cinema in Santa Ana. They're airing it tonight as part of their Halloween Horror Fest. So uh, I'm going to be going to that with Bobcat, and uh, we've been invited to attend the screening. And I'm so proud that it has um, remained within the culture because... There's a, a handful of Bigfoot movies out there, and, and unfortunately, most of them are really bad. I mean, there's one and two that are that are all right and certainly enjoyable, but we set out to make a Bigfoot film that uh, that could hopefully stand the test of time and uh, and, and be added into the um, into the film world. Um, and I think we did that. I think we accomplished that. So enjoy the movie. Um, let me know what you guys think about it. I'm happy to answer any questions you guys have after watching it. All right, Andrew. Yes. We are moving to our second film in this oh, yeah. mini review series. Not so many. We're almost going on an hour. Hey, oh, hey, yeah. man, listen. Well worth it. Um, this is The Man <laughs> Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. Yes. My grandfather used to tell me stories all about this one soldier. As he got older, the stories got stranger. Some I believed, others I don't know. But it wasn't describing a man. It was more like something mythic, legendary. You didn't pull any swords from any stones, did you? But you might have done something. Something bigger, maybe. So how have you been? You look a little tired. What's bothering you? Things I could have done differently. Regrets. Now I shot someone during the war. I never wanted that. Even if he had it coming. And he did. 
You've heard about the killings up north? What's the FBI have to do with it? Imagine all our worst fears about influenza and humans, bovine, swine, all of it coming true to life, only worse. It's the Bigfoot, Ed. They want me to kill it. It's the carrier of this plague-type thing. Well, that's no good. If we cannot contain the beast, if we cannot destroy it and it escapes, it could mean the very end of our world as we know it. You're the last resort. This was a 2018 American adventure drama film. It's all over the place. I, the one thing I will say, totally, this movie was all over the place. Not in, like, the uh, the worst ways, but yes, there's certain, like... Sorry, I cut you off. But, um... No, no. But it's weird. It, we, we're talking Nazis. We're talking Bigfoot. We're talking some uh, Logan-type stuff. We're talking... There's some Gran Torino thrown in there. There's a little bit of, like... There's a little bit of everything. Yeah. And it makes for a, an interesting movie. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> an interesting movie. So, I had never heard of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sam Elliott, amazing actor. Oh my god. One uh, of the one of the most brilliant actors out there, I think, and in terms of just like, like and I'm sure if I were him and I read the script, I'd be like absolutely, absolutely I'll do this movie. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, he's getting up there, man. He, he is. You never know. And he just gets to go in there and crush um I'm just tr- I'm I'm listening. I'm just trying to figure Oh wait, you have it pulled up. Yeah, right what's now, that? Right? What's the Canadian agent's name? I wish I could remember his name. We have Ron, oh. Ron Livingston from Office Space shows up, and many other things Yeah, shows up in this movie. Um, Aiden Turner's in it. Yeah, he plays a young... Um, uh, young... Sam Elliott, but there is... Calvin, I think No, it's... Um, it's Calvin is our main character. Right, but... It, yes, Sam yes, Elliott. the main character. Um, but Rene- Diwaldi, I think is his last yeah. name. Yeah. If you uh, scroll down, I think his name is... Like, it's oh, under, like, Maple... Uh, His code name is like Maple something. Maple Leaf. There you go. What's that? <laughs> name? Uh, oh, uh, Rizwan Manji. Thank you. This dude works. Yeah. He is in every, he's on Schitt's Creek, which he's hilarious on. Oh my god, yeah, he plays the, um, Ray. He plays yep. Ray that's in there. Oh my god. He was in, uh, I knew he's he just, he's been all yeah. over the, it's cause he's, he, all he does is work. Yeah. And I was super excited to see him. It was movie. a weird cast. <laughs> it was, it was a pretty, like so many notable people. There are some, there were certain times where I was like, man, this movie must have cost nothing to make. And then other times where I'm like, this movie must have cost a fucking it, fortune. Okay. Let, let's start there. Okay. So, I mean, I don't think this ever got a wide release. Nope. Um, I had never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the movie starts. And holy shit. Yeah, they throw, they throw you right in. Big budget. I mean, we're talking like period piece at some points. <laughs> Nazi costumes ain't cheap. They Let's ain't put cheap, it that man. way. Yeah. <laughs> they are not cheap to rent. And they had some incredibly detailed ones. And then he pulls up a watch and the the minute hit, the hand is the swastika. The swastika. And I was like, <laughs> even that must have been. But who knows? Somebody could have just thrown that together day off. But I, I, yeah, that was my, I was like, wow, this is like, uh, Indiana Jones level yeah. attention to detail because that's my reference point for Nazis. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay, so I, I guess we should sort of set up. What well, yeah, this it's about this about. older man who, in World War during World War II, went on a secret mission to kill Hitler. Yep. Um, succeeds, and that's not a spoiler alert because it happens like 25, 30 minutes into the movie. It's in the title. Yeah, yeah. it's in the title. <laughs> um, and then uh, is called upon by the government, lives kind of a quiet life now, and mm-hmm. then is called upon by the government, um, 
our government and the Canadian government to track down Bigfoot because Bigfoot has a super disease that is going to spread and kill everyone on the planet. That was a really cool premise. Something I know... Because I'm like, okay, I, I understand doing a movie about the guy who kills Hitler. Mm-hmm. Like, that that's a really interesting premise. Like, these people who do these missions that we don't know in the public and... They're never spoken about. Right. Like they're not, you know, and the considered twist a hero. On it is great too. I like the, yeah. the twist that he presents towards yeah. the end on him actually killing the, um, that figure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you're right. It's 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 it, that would be an interesting enough story. And then they're just like, nope, that's nope. out of the way. So now we need you to go hunt down <laughs> Bigfoot. <laughs> Bigfoot. And I, you know, when you hear the title and you hear the premise, you're like, that's ridiculous. But right. then when you find out why the government needs him to kill Bigfoot, yeah. I'm like, whoa, that's interesting. I yeah. never would have thought that, like, this centuries-old creature um, has some sort of disease that stayed at bay for a while, but now it's going out and spreading to the animals yeah. and then to other people. And yeah. I found that really interesting. It's about, like, containing a disease that could wipe out the entire world. Mm-hmm. And what's cool, too, is it's very pulpy. The whole thing is very yeah. like pulp adventure movie, yeah. and they, like, you know, they make no bones about that. Yeah. And it's perfectly fine. It's like, yeah, you know what? Like, I, I love at one point they're, they're just, they're like, you're immune to the disease. And he's like, well, how do you know that? And we're like, we tested your blood. How do you have my blood? And they're just kind of like, eh. <laughs> what we, have blood. we have your blood. <laughs> Boom, done. Yeah. Like, come on. It's come a on. very <laughs> unforgiving movie. Yeah. And I really appreciated that because, again, the title alone, I could see why people would not want to watch it. They sure. probably would think it was a ridiculous comedy. But, dude, I cried twice during this movie. Oh, really? I did. Wow. And okay. I, I, I didn't want to talk about it, um, the movie with you beforehand. Because right, right, I wanted right. to get your actual raw mm-hmm. impressions. This movie really hit me Interesting. That's awesome. I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I am getting older. Mm-hmm. And I'm... I'm now in that stage in life where oh, I'm God, not Ryan, looking forward didn't... to the next year. I'm like, ah, oh, like, oh, this muscle stopping isn't working as well as it used to. <laughs> or when, like I mentioned earlier, when did those white hairs pop up? Sure. And you, you really start going down this weird existential crisis mode when it comes to getting older. And I'm watching this man who's at like kind of the last stages of his life. He's done some things in his life that he clearly regrets. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately like probably saved a lot of people as well. Right. Um, rid the world of some evil, mm-hmm. but, um, I found him, his, his path just so powerful. Yeah. And Sam Elliott is just, such an incredible actor that even him like trying to get up out of a chair, I just felt for him so much. Right. This guy who fucking killed Hitler. Right. And now he can like, you know, barely get out of a chair or he's sitting alone eating a frozen dinner at night. Nobody to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's just like living the rest of his life, probably regretting his choices. Sure. And then, of course, the government comes back to him again. So and then maybe even regretting the choice that he makes after that. Too. I think so. Yeah, it's definitely, he, there's definitely a moment there where he sees himself in this Sasquatch that they have presented to us. Um, yeah. um And that was pretty poignant. Um, yeah. And then has to blow its fucking brains out. I don't know. <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's get, okay, Ooh. so, all right. Ooh. For those who maybe haven't seen it yet, we get a lot of flashbacks. It, the movie yes. primarily takes place 
in Calvin, our main character, played by Sam Elliott, um, in modern day, modern day being 1987 in this film. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, well, it's on Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm only reading it from Wikipedia. Um, modern day, and we get all these flashbacks of the things he's done with his life. It makes much more sense age-wise. I was just like, man, this dude must be He old. must be <laughs> that at least 107. <laughs> oh, no, it's just because I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> You're not an idiot. <laughs> but we get these flashbacks back right. to when he kills Hitler, um, and joining, you know, joining... Uh, the army at one point was it or something I, I don't remember he gets called off to serve and he leaves the love of his life behind and then never finds her again right. when he comes back from his you know I guess ultimate mission right. and um, again one of those moments that really hit me is yeah. like giving sacrificing everything you have to serve your country yeah. coming home and a nobody recognizing it the love of your life um nobody even knows it happened no one knows it happened and that's what they want him to do with his even the fbi phone. guy like what i liked about that is ron livingston character is like yeah. did you really kill him did you kill hitler like, yeah he's just like yeah, i killed a hitler right like that was Good i point. really liked that i, really I mean liked that. we know like people like saddam hussein had 20 different mm-hmm. Saddams out there yeah. ready to take a bullet for him if someone tried to kill him. And I'm sure the same could have been for Hitler, too. Sure. He'd probably have lookalikes everywhere. Yeah, that he probably created using the Spear of Destiny, which he was very much obsessed with. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Crossing universes again. <laughs> yeah, no, that was... I think they talk about that a little in... Um, uh, Constantine, the Keanu oh. Reeves Constantine, uh, oh. that has to deal with the Spear of Destiny, but the Spear of Destiny is the spear that impaled Jesus Christ, and it is rumored yeah. that Adolf Hitler was obsessed with having it to help oh. win World War II. Interesting, yeah, I like did not that know was, that. Yeah, that was like, he wanted, he was, I think it was, wasn't the only artifact he was interested in as well, but he... Dude, the Nazis were into some weird shit. I believe it, man. Towards the end of the war, yeah. they were... Desperate. I mean, I remember when, um, I think it was the Russian government and the American government, when we went in and swept, like, all the Nazi bases afterwards, mm-hmm. there was some weird occult shit that the U.S. got half of it, the Russians got half Ugh. of it, and it was just this weird supernatural stuff the Nazis were looking into to try to help weird. take over and win the war. And now the Idiot. U.S. possesses half, the Russians possess half. <laughs> so now we've got like this weird supernatural cold war going yeah, I was about on. To say, there's a movie going on there. Yeah. There's a, that's a movie right Someone's there. got to make that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie yeah. Jacobson, get on that. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else? What else? Oh, I thought this was interesting. In terms of the Bigfoot part of this, uh-huh. like the government agents come in and tell him, we need you to kill Bigfoot. And... Sam Elliott's character is like, okay, I I'm a little reluctant, but okay. Everyone just accepts Bigfoot's real. Yeah, 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 yeah. I found that interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, unapologetic. This mm. movie, it doesn't give a fuck what you believe. Sure. In terms of Bigfoot, it's like Bigfoot's out there. He's got mm. a plague. We need you to stop him. Right. Yeah, I found that interesting. Yeah, and I think it is too. It plays to the fact that, like, you know, it's the FBI coming in to say like these secret people that have been tracking him that know that he took out some thugs the night a couple nights before like people that are clearly like in the know like if somebody like that comes and says it to you yeah he, i think he's that kind of guy that knows like well they probably mean it <laughs> yeah i understand what you mean yeah. at the same time i feel like 
he's the kind of guy at this late in his life he doesn't trust the government. Right. Anymore. Yeah, that's true. What the hell have they done for him? Right. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I don't know though. No, I understand what you're saying. Um I thought it was um really interesting to uh that Bigfoot is a vegetarian. Yes. Yeah. I thought, well, I, I appreciated that too because I, um, in Willow Creek and this one as well, um, Bigfoot is very much presented as a threat. And I don't, I feel like that's more than often not the case. I agree. Especially if you look back at like the Native American roots of, uh, the Sasquatch. Like it is, it is, they, they nicknamed it Brother Nature at a certain point. Like it's not, Something that is usually supposed to be threatening. Yeah. Um, which they also did very well in a little game called uh, Red Dead Redemption. Not the mm. second one that came out recently, but they did an update at one point. Because I guess there was a rumor in the original game that you could kill a Bigfoot. And then you, in this update they did called Undead Redemption, where it becomes like all zombified. There are mythical creatures that are added as well. Bigfoot is one of them. You can hunt them down, and after you kill like three, you find the last one, and it's crying. <laughs> and it tells you how all of its brothers were killed, and it doesn't know why. And all oh my stuff, god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so sad. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Okay, well then, let's get to that, because that's kind of sure. what we deal with in this movie, too. A mm-hmm. little bit is when he finally... He tracks down the Bigfoot. This guy is like a tracker. That's right. what he did his right. whole life, uh, working up to killing Hitler. And now he's sending to do it with Bigfoot. And this Bigfoot ain't no dummy either. Yeah. Um, it, it's able to elude him for a while. Yeah. Um, he's out there in the wilderness hunting it. The wilderness, by the way, in this movie, gorgeous. Oh my God. It looked amazing. Gorgeous. Do you know what? The whole where movie looks really good. No, where? Western Massachusetts. Fuck out of here. Really? Yeah. I just looked it up. What? Yeah. I thought Did it, it was like... in Western Massachusetts? No. Oh, man, science. I gotta rewatch that. Yeah. I'm a terrible Western Massachusetts. And- yes, Andrew is from Western wow, Mass. Wow, get out! Uh, filming took place from August to September in Western Massachusetts. Oh, I wonder if it was on Orange Mountain. Would Listen, it be- something to clear oh, yeah, out yeah. for anybody who has watched Mysteries Decoded. Uh, there are long shoots on those things. I was very tired. I said an incident that happened with me happened in... Orange Mountain in the Berkshires in Western Massachusetts actually called October Mountain. Um, but I haven't <laughs> been there since I was little. Forgot the name. So hey, October Halloween, Halloween pumpkin, pumpkin orange. orange. Boom! I Thank you, it. Ryan. Thank you. <laughs> you just six degrees of Kevin Orange with me, and I appreciate it. Yeah, um, man, this movie was shot in your backyard. That's wild. Yeah. That makes me super happy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I was I was envisioning cool. Vancouver or you know, hey, the Berkshires, are, Western Massachusetts is pretty damn beautiful. It and is. I gotta say, it's um, there's some really nice uh, areas up there and they caught it at that's why that foliage looks so orange that's, yeah. that, that tracks huh. <laughs> man oh i'm gonna have to rewatch it now god bless wikipedia oh, that's so funny um what <laughs> there's one line in this movie that i i loved and i really thought the dialogue was interesting in this yeah no, and I really liked good um yeah. there's one point where the government guys are being super like uh vague with him uh-huh. and he just says you're talking in circles. Speak here. Yeah, and he points, he points to the center of yeah, the circle. I, like that. I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, I want to use that." Yeah, sometime. right, right, right. Yeah, no, I, I, no, that was, and that sounded like something this dude would say too. Yeah. Like that sounded like a Sam Elliott saying. Like yeah. it's, a, I, I thought the dialogue very much matched the characters, um, in a way that isn't always easy, especially for. Um, when you're hitting a lot of different buttons, also yeah. a lot of period pieces, uh, period piece stuff. I thought that dialogue was handled really well and really the, interesting. The actor who played the younger version of Calvin, mm-hmm. uh, I thought they looked 
strikingly similar. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did some Especially really good character work. Some older versions, like older pictures of Sam Elliott too. Yeah. You just get rid of the mustache, and it's like same kind of haircut and everything. Yeah, really yeah. Um, but I also uh, and Larry Miller. I forgot to mention Larry Miller. Oh great my god, stand yeah. up and also a podcaster. Um, I thought he was great in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like it was a nice like. Is that his brother? Yes, like, yeah. His brother, the barber. Yep. Yeah. Um. Oh, what a good relationship. Yeah. yeah. You've got you've got all these different stories going on in this mm-hmm. guy's life, you know, set to the backdrop of being like an assassin, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, and his younger brother just idolized him, but yeah. never really got to know him. So now later in life they're reconnecting. Yeah, and oh, it's just beautiful. And it leaves him with this sense of instead of feeling like down from what he did and like not good about who he is. And focusing on the wrong things in his life, it, it ends with him being like, oh, I should go to recitals. Yeah. I should go, get, so, I should go dig up this box. I should go like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, okay. <laughs> he kills the Bigfoot, mm-hmm. um, which was terrifying. Yep. Yeah, it looked. That Bigfoot was And it looked real good, scary. too. Scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The and it wasn't was even like, like a big... and weird. No, and I appreciated beast. that. No, it was like... It was as tall as Sam Elliott, who I think is pretty tall, but yeah. it was still like, it was lean, it was looked, it looked very Planet of the Apish, but yeah. like, not in a bad way. And I like the eyes, it had like these kind of like fish eyes. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty sweet. It, it looked almost like skeletal, yes. almost too. Yes. Um, you know, and then we've got some really good jump scares toward, right at the end where like, he thinks he killed it, but maybe it might not be dead. Yes. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a vicious fight. Yeah. For him to kill this Oh, big man, fight. big time. And Sam Elliott, I don't know how old he actually is, but Jesus. Like, they had this guy almost falling off the side of a mountain yeah. and, like, you know, doing somersaults everywhere. Even, and... even the fight in the beginning, I was like, holy shit, that's really Sam Elliott doing oh, this yeah. fight right now. Right, yeah. Uh, we like didn't this, mention he yeah. gets jumped in the beginning of yeah, the movie. Yeah, he has a nice little Logan and many movies before Logan kind yeah. of moment where this older guy, they messed with the wrong older guy. Yeah. And, um, Do uh, you think... The government guys hired those goons to see if he was still able to, like, physically Ooh, take the people on. That wouldn't super surprise Because they me. did say, we saw you handle those guys on right, the street. Right, 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 right. And then they were following him right after that. Right. So I do wonder oh, if they planned maybe. that. I, that seems like something pretty fucked up. That he almost beat him to death, though. Yes, he did. So that would uh, be know, a good They were probably like, here's 20 bucks, go beat that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Um... Yeah, so he fights the super scary Bigfoot, he mm. kills it, um, and then he goes to his niece's recital, yeah. and then he digs up his own grave. Yeah. Because he, they... They think he died in the, yeah, in the Bigfoot incident. Killing the yeah, Bigfoot right, incident. Right, right, right. Yeah, so hopefully he'll never be called upon again to kill yeah. uh, whatever comes next. Yeah, I like Ness that. Monster, I don't know. Yeah, oh, hey, I'd watch that movie. Hell um, yeah. I, I, I think too that it was nice because it was like very clear, like he expected to die out there. Yeah. It was like this. I think last, he was ready. This suicide. Yeah, exactly. Like a suicidal mission and something about it instead left him with some hope. I thought that was pretty cool. It, that's, that was the part of the movie, uh, the end that really stuck with me is, gotcha. um, yeah. no matter how much despair and regret this guy had in his life for the things he did, um, you're left with some hope. He still has his family, yeah. um, who I'm sure he'll reconnect with. He's got his dog, who is the most loyal animal ever. And, um, I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. It was, it's an utterly ridiculous premise. Mm-hmm. The title's <laughs> terrible, but at the end of the day, I think it's literally one of the best things Sam Elliott's ever done. Yeah, it's pretty and awesome. I, 
I think I'm gonna go back to this one time and time again. There you go. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah it's, I'm envious. I wish I could write a story like this <laughs> that oh. could be so human sure. and powerful and then throw a Bigfoot in it mm-hmm. just for the hell of it. Very much steeped in genre, which yeah. is always fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, these were fun. I think these are two fun movies. Yeah, absolutely. And always around this time, they were both very, like, fall kind of movies. Well, Willow Creek, not so much. But, I, I, I like, fall always reminds me of, like, wooded areas and stuff like that because of where I grew up. So, yeah, it's, yeah. um, I, I, they kind of hit, they both hit that kind of sweet spot for me. Um, and especially if you're looking for, like, you know, they're both made by competent filmmakers. Absolutely. There's, there's That's very, important. There's a lot of evidence to that effect, there's a lot of Bigfoot movies that are not made about competent, oh my God. made by competent filmmakers. I knew so. I wanted to cover Bigfoot movies with you for this, and when I looked up the movies, Ooh, holy shit, yeah, there's some trash out there. Yep. Um, but that could be said with any, you sure. know, you know, making a movie out of any sort of like mythological creature. But um, these two were great. I know there's many more out there you guys should check out. But definitely watch Willow Creek. Yes. Definitely watch The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. And look, Andrew, you do every every October, you do a series on your show. Yeah. And I've been listening to those lately. So Thank can you tell you. us a little about Shocktober with uh, Half White Son of a Black Man? So usually Half White Son of a Black Man is an improv uh, podcast where we take a improv spin to the news of the week. Um, and then we present some like other, some like listicles essentially, which are always fun. But every October for the now five year existence of the podcast. Wow. I know, right? Um, I, take, I remember the first episode. Same. You were, you were on the first, no, were you one on of the, the second first one? You were on like yeah. the second episode, if not the first. Every October I take the entire purpose of the podcast right out the window and we just talk about horror movies. And this year in particular, I tried to have a guest every episode who is somebody who does not watch horror, watch a lot of horror cool. movies, which is really fun. Uh, we were talking about an episode earlier, uh, about, uh, that we did about Rosemary's Baby, where I was a little nervous for my guest because he has a photographic mem- memory and that's why he doesn't watch horror movies. <laughs> oh my uh, god, what a curse. Easy. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, so it was, uh, yeah, they're a lot of fun and, uh, yeah, please check them out. Yeah, yeah, I've listened to all of them so far. Definitely check those out. Um, What do you got coming up? If you are in the New York area on October 30th, I do work with this theater company called Random Access Theater. And we uh, they do a series called The Drunk Texts. Where they take, um, they do a drunk stage, re- staged reading, staged reading where the actors are playing drinking games with the audience, right along with the audience, and they read either a classical text or a current text made classical. <laughs> and um, this is the second time this year that I've done that for them. Where I, I at the beginning of the year, I adapted. Um, Ghostbusters into about 30 pages of iambic pentameter, <laughs> and this year I did it for uh, Halloween, uh, which will be, uh, it, we're calling it All Hallows' Eve, or The Tragedy of Michael Myers, uh, <laughs> and that will be on October 30th at 9pm oh, at Comedian Queens, and you can get tickets at the Drunk Texts dot com um so that's a lot of fun so man, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. a busy man thank you yeah it's been you know it's been a good year to yeah. say the least um and uh, as always you can go to my website i've got a comic book up there that i wrote um a few years back and uh, there's some other stuff coming down the pipeline as well yeah there's some stuff you and i can't quite talk about I yet know. but um that's the way it goes. Yeah. Um, what sure are you ch- up to, Ryan? What am I up to? Yes. You're asking me? Yes. Um, let's yeah. see. Plug away, man. Plug away. Um, I am always doing the show mm-hmm. every week. Um, let's see. What else do I got going on? Um, I'm working on a screenplay. 
I, for those out there, when I'm not doing UFOs, I write plays mostly, but I've, I've dived into screenwriting and I'm working on a project with a colleague of mine on Dope. a well-known UFO uh, case out of the 80s. So cool. It's going to be very Stranger Things, espionage-esque sort nice. of thing. Super excited about it. I am, you know, balls deep in research right now for that. Okay. Um, let's let's say knee deep. Well, you already and said balls deep. I, well, I went there. Can't take it back. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a little bit higher. You can never, you can never take back balls deep. <laughs> oh, um, God. Yep. <laughs> so I'm working on that. Um, and, yeah, we'll see what happens. And um, be sure to check out Mysteries Decoded, both yeah. Andrew's Bigfoot episode and then my Area 51 episode. And Let Roswell us know what you think. Still up there. Roswell's right. up there as well, always. Um, that can be found at cwseed.com. It's free to stream whenever you like. Yeah. So check those out. Um, but Andrew, I gotta thank you again for coming on Somewhere in the Skies, thank for watching you, these buddy. movies. Keep crushing, man. It always, I love, I was on, I think, the ninth episode, and we're, we're, what are we up to? 131, uh, I think. That's insane. Congratulations, yeah. buddy. Thank That's you. super cool. Congratulations super to cool. you, too. And, mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna have to have you back on to talk about Fire in the Sky. Hey! Eventually. Okay. Yeah. I'm in. Done. Yeah. That's it for this week's episode. Again, you can check out Andrew right now on Mysteries Decoded. Both our episodes are available to stream for free on the CWC app. Visit cwc.com to learn more and to watch. Also, be sure to subscribe and listen to Andrew's podcast, Half-White Son of a Black Man, available wherever you get your podcasts. While you're at it, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review us, Somewhere in the Skies, on Apple Podcasts, your Android apps, or wherever you get the show. It helps us gain visibility and find new listeners. Thank you in advance. We're on Twitter at Summer Skies and Instagram at Summer Skies Pod. To contact me personally about your UFO sightings or experiences, visit the contact tab on the website, and I'll be sure to get back to you. That's at SummerInTheSkies.com. I'll see you here next week. And remember, keep your feet on the ground, but never stop searching for Bigfoot. Yo, what the heck was that? Somewhere in the Skies is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network. To learn more, visit EntertainmentOnePodcast.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 